Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. You're listening to the Wrestling Fans Insight Podcast, episode 29. This is going to be a very special broadcast because, one, I am actually still on vacation, so I am recording this on the first night of my vacation night. Well, I guess you can say second night. Today was the first day we actually went out and tried to do some a little bit outdoor stuff, hunting, some fishing, and didn't go so well, but what the hell, figured on a high note we'll just end up with another podcast recording. I was going to hopefully eventually have William included, but apparently he's just a little too worn out and he said screw it. Well, he didn't really say screw it. He's just going to take a little rest for the rest of the night, relax while he can while he's still here. He's actually going to be leaving this, leaving us early. Just due to the fact that he doesn't have enough time off from work to join my father and myself. So, anywho, uh, yeah, we're going to be looking forward to going back to recording live on Twitter Space on Sunday, October 23rd, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the normal time we've been going at it. So, we hope to see you all back then. For now, this week's episode, I'm going to cover the top 20 talent that have never held a world championship in any of the major promotions. Now, what I consider the major promotions, mainly WWE and WCW. It was kind of hard because sometimes a lot of people forget ECW, even though it wasn't as quite as big as WWE and WCW. I had to factor that in just a little bit as well. Now, keep in mind when I give my top 20 here, this is from me as a wrestling fan, not as an expert. So... Everything here is just my opinion, but I'm always welcome to hear what everybody else has to say. Uh, you can also you can reach me on Facebook at the Fans of Pro Wrestling, or you know you can reply to me on Twitter at uh, at John J O H N W F I N C I T E. You're also welcome to interact with me on Twitter with the podcast account at W F Insight Podcast. But before I get started, I want to give a huge shout out to William and Heather, who usually co-host with me the last few weeks. This show has been uh, ranked pretty good on Good Pods app recently, and I hope we continue to keep that momentum going. And I also want to give a big shout out to any every one of you who take the time to listen to us. There's thousands of other wrestling podcasts out there, and heaven forbid just listening to each and every one of us. Not just our podcast, but any wrestling podcast. We enjoy it. We enjoy everything that every one of you listeners take the time to interact with us. So please keep supporting us. Let's keep this thing going. All right. Now, without any further ado, let's just get right to it. My number 20 for never winning a world championship in any major promotion goes to the Honky Tonk Man. He's cool, he's cocky, he's bad. Unfortunately, though, he just wasn't bad enough. I don't know what it was, but it seemed like there was some opportunity there. He will always go down as definitely one of the greatest WWF Intercontinental Champion. He held the title for, I believe it was 15 months. To this day, that is the longest reign for an Intercontinental Championship run. And I'm not sure where WWF dropped the ball, but I've always felt the Honky Tonk Man deserved a WWF title run, and unfortunately he just did not get it. Coming in at number 19, many people known him by his real name is John Tanta, but in his WWF days he was known as Earthquake, and in WCW known as The Shark. 
And the reason I give him recognition for 19 was the way he was able to pretty much hang with Hulk Hogan. He had a one-year rivalry with Hulk Hogan in the WWF days when he was known as Earthquake. And for whatever reason, I, I'm not sure why they went more toward the end of his run as a tag team with Typhoon also known as uh, the Shockmaster back from the WCW days. Anyhow, sorry I got sidetracked with the tag team part, but yeah, I mean, the WWF really dropped the ball with this guy. Even though he had that one-year rivalry going on with Hulk Hogan, this was another guy that was an example of one of Vince McMahon's ideal big men in the company. And why they didn't do more with him is besides me. I don't know. Going into my number 18, uh, he went outside WWF, he went by Bad News Allen. But in the WWF days, you'll know him as Bad News Brown. He was one of those guys that was early in the WWF days that was pretty much more like the Stone Cold Steve Austin persona. Only he was heel all the way through and was not very well liked by the fans. This is a guy who pretty much did things on his own and for his own. You want a classic example, go back to WrestleMania 4 when there was a battle royal and the winner was apparently receiving a big trophy. Well, at the end, we saw Bad News Brown and Bret Hart, Bret the Hitman Hart, be the final two men in that battle royal. And Bad News Brown pretty much tried to trick Bret Hart and saying, hey, we'll just be co-winners and... Up until then, Bad News Brown decided to take upon himself to eliminate Bret Hart when Bret Hart turned his back on Bad News Brown. With that elimination right there, that just shows you what a heel Bad News Brown was. All for himself and not for anyone else. Anybody who watched Bad News Brown in other promotions, including WWE, you definitely have to watch everything this guy did in the ring. There's no doubt this guy could have been not just a world champion, but he could have also hold, held the mid-card titles like the Intercontinental Championship or United States Championship, hell, even a world television championship. It just always surprised me how this guy was very underutilized and not looked as a champion. Going into my number 17, I would have to give it to, <laughs> I guess you can call him a Russian, but he, in real life, you definitely know he was not Russian, Nikita Koloff. The real classic battles he had with Magnum TA in the NWA days as well as with Dusty Rhodes. You really shouldn't overlook a guy like this. He was a really incredible worker. His promo skills were actually not bad, but they definitely could have used a lot more work. It was <laughs> not really very convincing as a Russian. Back in those days where not many wrestling fans knew about kayfabe, they took those storylines pretty much literal and to the extreme. With today's technology and everybody knowing behind the scenes, yeah, it, it definitely, it would have been a laugh-off moment, but back then, for sure, Nikita sold it pretty well. Going into number 16, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Lorndorf. I almost had a real conflicted moment with where I wanted to put him. He definitely deserves to be in the top 20. Some can even argue, say, he definitely deserves to be in the top 10, but... In my heart, he's somewhere in between the 11 and 20 spot. 
he was always a great worker. He had great chemistry working with Hogan back in the 80s. However, I don't think WCW really used him to the full potential. I definitely think he could have been a WCW world champion. However, with the way WWF's roster was back then, it was really loaded with a lot of big-name talent. And unfortunately, I think Paul Orndorff kind of fell to those names. Number 15 goes to a guy I felt truly deserved a world title run. Maybe more just a shot. I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of people will feel pretty conflicted. But this guy had the looks back then. He had great in-ring skill. I think the only reason he didn't get a world title shot was his promos just wasn't there. Uh, this is a guy who I felt had probably the second best figure four leg lock in the industry. My number 15 who did not win a world title is Greg the Hammer Valentine. I will say though, even though he didn't win a world title, he does have some good accolades. And his most biggest accomplishments I think most people will recognize is he had a United States title and an Intercontinental Championship run with two different the two different companies. So yeah, I I don't know. I I definitely would say this is a guy who truly earned a shot at those world titles. And I have a very sad number fourteen that will kind of hit all of the old school wrestling fans, especially watching from the Jim Crockett days. Uh, this guy was destined to win the world championship from Ric Flair until he had his career ending injury related from a car accident that could have done a lot more. It should have took his life from what the reports I've read. And this guy definitely would have made a great heel world champion as Ted the Hillbilly Hills mentioned in his episodes in the past. My number 14 goes to Magnum TA who is a really very special talent. He had the promo, he had the looks, he had the skills, and unfortunately, things happen in life, and Magnum is just the victim of one of those. But rest assured, he will still go down as one of the best United States champions in any of wrestling's history. Going from a tragic ending of a career, we're going to go into lucky number 13, who I thought really had a great career and he was definitely one of my favorite WCW United States champion in the day it goes to the natural Dustin Rhodes you may also know him as Goldust in the WWF days yes if that was a surprise for some of you younger wrestling fans yes Dustin Rhodes was Goldust and this was a guy who was a very hard worker and I felt was kind of crapped on because there was a lot of conflict with him being the United States champion as his father Dusty Rhodes was the booker for WCW back then and I, I get it with other talent probably thinking that was it but I being a guy who was innocent to the wrestling business before knowing all the whole backstage crap and all that Dustin Rhodes had great in-ring work. I'm sorry. He was a great performer. His promos were actually better than most. They weren't the best, but they were better than most. 
Um, but unfortunately, a few of Dustin's personal choices in life kind of, I think, killed any kind of big run. And, you know, you have to be careful with what you do with any employer, you know, because you definitely don't want to make those types of mistakes. We see it with talent today. Just the biggest thing is, you know, just keep working hard and good things will come. However, I thought Dustin did a lot good in the ring that he definitely should have had some shots. I definitely think he could have been a good world champion. Unfortunately, we'll never know unless AEW does something with him here in the near future. My number 12 goes to the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. This guy had a very awesome WWE career. Not only is it WWE Tag Team Champion, but also a WWE Intercontinental Champion, WWE European Champion, but also at one point was the WWE, WWF, I guess you can say, Hardcore Champion. He had a very short run with WCW and it didn't really do him any justice. But if he would have probably just stuck it out with WWE, I think he could have ended up being a future WWE World Champion. For whatever reason, Creative just did not find a way to book him that way. And I thought there was plenty of chances for him to have that championship. Especially when you have a stellar match with Bret Hart at Wembley Stadium. Where he defeated Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. I just, yeah, I don't know. That, that one kind of confused me. But it is what it is. And what better way to go into number 11, keeping it in the Hart family... My number 11 goes to Owen Hart. As many know the history of Owen where he tragically lost his life in a pay-per-view event due to a zipline accident that went very wrong. There was no doubt with the way Owen could work in the ring cut a promo. This guy definitely would have been a future world champion. And unfortunately for that life-taking accident... We were robbed. Owen was robbed. His family was robbed of a great legacy. Keeping world champions in their family history. And I had to apologize. I had to take a little break just from getting a little emotional with the Magnum TA and Owen Hart kind of bringing them back. And in the talks of wrestling, it kind of hits a soft spot in the heart once in a while. But we're going to move on. We're going to get to the final 10 countdown. My number 10 goes to a guy who's still in the wrestling business, but... Unfortunately, he never got his just due because I thought he was always the one of the best workers. And unfortunately, was one of those who was more humiliated by some of the things Vince McMahon came up with him to do on TV. And I don't know, a guy who's willing to do anything that you ask should definitely deserve something out of that. And unfortunately, like some others, he got screwed. But number 10 goes to the leader of the, I guess you can say leader of the Blackpool Combat Club, William Regal. William Regal has many accomplishments in the wrestling business. 
being a former WWF Intercontinental Champion, European Champion, I believe he was also a WCW Television Champion. Unfortunately, I think that was the only title he held in WCW. With the way this guy can definitely work with anybody, yeah, he definitely was one who was really deserving of a world title run. My number nine is a guy who tried to buy the world championship, but he didn't quite really go down in the record books as the world champion. He did deserve a title shot, no doubt. He got that opportunity at WrestleMania 4 against the Macho Man, Randy Savage. However, he came up short thanks to Hulk Hogan's help. But, you know, not saying that he didn't ever earn a world title run, he definitely earned it. He played his character very well, and many people hated him. My number nine goes to the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, I know a lot of people say, well, no, he technically was a world champion. No, in the record books, he wasn't. He bought it from Andre the Giant, and Jack Tunney back then said, hell no. And that's what led up to the really big tournament at WrestleMania 4. My number eight definitely will have a lot of fans thinking, what the hell am I thinking, because he should be placed a little higher. And to some degree... Yeah, I I would have to agree on some points, but for me, yeah, he this is kind of a good spot for him. He definitely had the ladies going wild, but men hating him. But he was simply ravishing, ravishing Rick Rude. Like many of the others I've listed, he has got accomplishments like crazy. You can never forget the world tag team run he had with Manny Fernandez, but also recognized as one of the best intercontinental and United States champions. Now, a lot of people will be conflicted saying, well, he technically did hold the big gold belt. Unfortunately, at that time, it was not recognized as the World Heavyweight Championship. It was recognized as the International Heavyweight Championship. Back then, it was brought back by Ric Flair, and they were trying to figure out how to I guess kind of way have the big gold take back over is the big prize for WCW and it eventually worked itself way in when Sting and Ric Flair had the unification match before the international and the WCW world title and sure enough Ric Flair used that as the WCW world championship later. But in the record books, it's going to show that Rick Rude was never world champion, but the international champion. My number seven is definitely one of the most perfect spots for this guy. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. This guy had such great in-ring skill. His promos were bar none. And if you saw some of the sports promos he did... They were absolutely perfect. Of course, heavy editing for sure. Unfortunately for him, I think back injuries really plagued his career, and that's what really costed him to have any shot at having a world championship run. But if it wasn't for that back injury, I think for sure we would have seen the world heavyweight championship around Mr. Perfect's waist. Moving on to number six goes to a guy who displayed very technical mat wrestling skills 
His in-ring work was great. His promos could have been better, but we all know this guy is a man of a thousand holds. And I'm talking about none other than the Iceman, Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko was a man who went to the ring very expressionless and was very no-nonsense. He wasted very little motion in the ring and his every move set was bar none. This guy could execute any move and make it look good on any opponent. He had really great feud with Chris Benoit for the WCW United States Championship, but he did eventually become a WCW United States Champion, defeating the late great Eddie Guerrero. Even though he finally made it to the WWE roster, I just don't think WWE knew how to use this guy, and this was a guy who I think they really dropped the ball on. I know I've said that on many people on this list already, but this is a guy who really, really, definitely, if not earned a world title run, he definitely earned a shot at the world title. And my next pick is going to be a 180, even though he was not very technically skilled, but he still got the job done and entertained fans all around the world. He was loved by everybody and broke barriers for many wrestlers of different race at that time this goes to the junkyard dog every time jyd hit that ring he had everyone barking hollering and having a great time jyd had some very cool moments both in wwf and the wcw but unfortunately was never ever able to win a championship and even though he really didn't need a world championship or any kind of championship, he was over, and that's all that matters. But I feel he definitely deserves to be within the top five, and that's where I'm putting him. And as we go from a really good guy, we're going to go to the really bad guy. This man has made accomplishments winning the Intercontinental Championship four times, the United States Championship, WCW Tag Team Championship, and managed to get the WCW Television Championship out of a trash can. Oh no, that was actually Jim Duggan, my bad. But he threw the WCW champ Television Championship away. However, you can't deny his in-ring ability and the really big moment in Monday Night Wars is he made his way down through the fans and into the ring which started the big controversy and was the introduction of the new faction of the new world order my number four goes to the bad guy razor ramon which many of you known in his wcw days as scott hall this man oozled machismo i probably screwed that up and i don't care but yeah he uh Scott Hall was definitely one of those talents that had the it factor, but unfortunately due to personal demons, I think that's what costed him from earning that top prize from either organization. And unfortunately for wrestling fans earlier this year, here in 2022, Scott Hall passed away and may he rest in peace. My number three is a man who says he's never ever needed a championship whatsoever because he was over. But I disagree. I mean, this guy, the way he worked in the ring, he knew how to use psychology in his promos. 
and no matter what, I still think he was a better athlete than he gives himself credit for. He brought that snake to the ring every time with him. And if you're not getting my hints, it goes to Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, many will claim, well, wait a minute, he won the Smoky Mountain World Championship. Well, yes, but not many consider Smoky Mountain Wrestling as a, I guess you can say, one of the major promotions. However, yeah, I do think Jake was due for championship runs. I think at one point he was actually supposed to go at it with the Ultimate Warrior for the WWE. F championship but due to the warrior kind of being a shithead behind the scenes that never happened and plans fell through so but nonetheless yes Jake the Snake you definitely deserve to be up there you're number three my number two definitely goes to somebody who's one of the most controversial figures in all of professional wrestling He's the reason why I actually got into it because I watched him in some of his movies and when I found out he was actually a professional wrestler, that's when I decided, what the heck, let's try to watch this guy. I don't know what it was. I think maybe it was the way he acted and the way he talked, the way he looked. So I started giving wrestling a try and... Not only was it because of him, but it was actually because of the guy I mentioned before. I got hooked with the Jake the Snakes Roberts promo, and that's what brought me into wrestling. I started watching WWF at first, and then when I realized some of the other channels had the other wrestling organizations on, hell yeah, I was watching it all. But because of this guy, I got a little rowdy. My number two is Rowdy Roddy Piper. This man has held... WWE Tag Team Championships, the WWF Intercontinental Championship, the WCW United States Championship, and I believe he also held the WCW Tag Team Championships at one point. I may be wrong on that. I'll have to go back and look at my history. But unfortunately, he never won in in the record books he never won the world championship even though technically he did defeat Hulk Hogan with a sleeper hole but thanks to Macho Man Randy Savage's involvement that decision got reversed he real Piper really should have been the WCW world champion at one point but again it will go in the record books as he didn't win it but you can't say he never earned it, especially with what he's done for the industry. And now with those other 19 I've already mentioned, many of you old school wrestling fans pretty much might have a feeling who I'm going to say my number one is. Because anyone who's ever asked me who my all-time favorite wrestler was, I always list two. And one of them already has been a world champion, not just for the WWF, but also WCW. But my number one who has never got that title opportunity is the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson is the guy who gave the four horsemen their name, but he has many accolades that goes with his name. Television champion and also tag team champion. 
However, he never held the mid titles like the Intercontinental or the United States Championship, which is just eh, I can talk, which is a very much a shame for the wrestling business. The one thing that I will note is he does have a victory over his good friend Ric Flair. Thanks to Brian Pillman, of course. However, Arn Anderson will always say that he considered the World Television Championship as the his World Championship, which is always a nice sentiment. But this guy, the way he worked in the ring, cut good promos. I mean, this man definitely earned world title opportunities. Mainly for WCW, but not so much WWE. I know many people will think I'm a little crazy putting Arn Anderson at the top, but if you go back and watch this guy's entire career, well, anything you can watch, possibly for his entire career, watch his in-ring work. Watch his promos. This guy defines a talent that should always hold that top prize. Now, with that said, I know there's going to be a valid argument that the world championship is what's supposed to help put a guy over but also remember it's the talent that makes the championship not the championship that makes a talent there's a lot of other people i know that are probably just as deserving if not earn that shot for the world championship and maybe later in an episode we'll kind of do a follow-up with fans who have any kind of feedback like I mentioned before, I'm, I welcome your opinions and even give me your top 20 or your top 10, top 5, whatever you want to give at me. But again, my handle on Twitter, at John, G-O-H-N-W-F-I-N-C-I-T-E. Or you can go to my podcast account, at WF Insight Podcast. We'd love to hear from you on who you felt definitely earned a world championship run or opportunity. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Wrestling Fans Insight. I hope you all enjoyed this. I have to give my thank you to Lipson.com for hosting our podcast on their servers. Without them, we wouldn't be on the wide variety of platforms out there. also want to give a big shout-out to Pixabay.com for allowing us to donate money to download royalty-free music provided by Coma Media, Gvidden, and Light Saturation. And again, I mentioned earlier in the episode, you can go to our Facebook page and interact with us. Just go to Facebook groups and find us at the Fans of Pro Wrestling. And I've already mentioned my Twitter handle enough, so if you don't know that by now, you may have to go back and re-listen to it. But uh, just kidding, I'll give it again. It's at John, G-O-H-N-W-F, Insight. Also, feel free to leave us a voicemail or text message on our interactive Google Voice account. It's area code 385-367-4772. And I also want to mention you can listen to us on most major platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I believe we're now, yeah, we have our YouTube channel. Find us th- on YouTube, the Wrestling Fans Insight Podcast. We're also on Deezer, Boomplay, Amazon Music, 
and many more. Oh, and also the new Good Pods app. And if you can, where you listen to us and it's possible, please give us a fair rating and if it allows you, also a review. We'll even play those or maybe air those reviews on air the next time we actually decide to record. (laughs) So, anyhow, uh, with that being said, I hope you all take care. We'll be back on recording on Twitter Space Live Sunday, October 23rd. I hope you all have a good time. I'm going to go enjoy the rest of my vacation. Take care, peace, and love one another.